This is the semantics department. So what's wrong with email? Nothing. What, what, like why, why did you email shame me? Because I don't know, it sends a calendar invite. It's kind of you know, professional. Like, was there like, a calendar? I want, I want to understand this. Yeah, of course there was. I sent it through. Uh, it doesn't matter. John Paul can't read anyways. <laughs> can't tell time. Can't read. So it doesn't matter how, it doesn't matter how you try to communicate with him. My, my favorite part is you're like, oh, it's my time zone. <laughs> uh, that was so, just, the, I was slightly like, confused. By no, 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 no. Listen, listen, listen. You, you left Ohio like yes. 12 years ago. It's literally been the number one thing that's probably been in your life the entire time. Twelve years later, you're still going. Oh, that's right. I forgot. It's your time zone. Well, and you work with I'm, people still in Ohio. Like I, I just have to believe that. Like what you should I was, have figured that out by now. Yes, I, I do the time zone conversion all the time. Oh, he's got glasses I, now. When I just hadn't, hadn't, I just hadn't like uh, uh, you know really looked at the Zoom invite, and I was slightly you know slightly thrown off by the fact that it said 10 a.m. I was you know I, I messed up the time a little. Because Keith says something about twelve thirty, dude, Mister California, here, you got the, you got you got the like the bougie like coffee mug, the three sixty sip, the Hurley baseball hat, and then now you've got what are those Warby's? These these are cheap drugstore glasses. Oh, you got you have like legit cheaters now. These are these are just readers. Cheaters. Okay. The term is cheaters, not readers. Really? Well, the term is cheaters if you're eighty years old. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I mean, I've I never heard you guys, but I'm in my fifties. So I am pretty much, you know, in, I'm in boomer. Yeah, but nobody right says now. cheaters. Everybody says readers now. Okay. I've never heard of cheaters. It's what grandmas wear on a chain around their neck. A common friend of ours would say this quite a bit who also pronounced it Walmarts. So, uh, so why are we here? So I, I have said this over and over again, and I, I, I said it to Keith on Friday. I'm terrible with my thumbs. Like, I speak like a third grader when it comes to my thumbs. I irritate people. I say things I don't mean. It's hard for me to get out my thoughts. And for three years now, we have been in this group chat. And every single time these heavy topics come in, or sometimes lighthearted topics come in, I will always play the dumb guy card because I know that my point is not getting out. And so I begged. I said, look, we're all middle-aged men. Some of us are approaching middle-aged. We should do a podcast because that's the new Harley Davidson. Definitely all middle-aged. Middle-aged men no longer buy Harleys. They do podcasts. This is a thing. So I said, all right, let's just take this to a podcast. We've been debating for a while as to what this is and what it isn't. Maybe that's the intro because I was told by some members here that I'm not allowed to have an intro or a monologue. That is not what I said. See? That is not at all what I said. Here we go. This is this is it. This is, this this is, is exactly it. what I said. I said no monologues. Which means okay. don't let one of you talk for like five minutes straight and oh. nobody else can get in. Because okay. the other problem is is that a lot of us are we'll just talk and talk and talk and then somebody keeps trying to interrupt them to get a word <laughs> in and it sounds like a train wreck. So I said no monologues. Okay. But we so so we we've already established rules, which is good. This is this is collaboration. I like it. Yeah. I'm just saying like I think that would make for a better podcast. I I I, I I didn't say you're wrong. I, that's that's totally fine. I mean, I, I I would rather define what it is than what it isn't. Like, so, like you guys probably don't have commutes anymore. I know you don't, Keith. Keith, I know mm -hmm. you get in cars and listen to podcasts. John Paul, like, are you? I listen to podcasts when I'm doing housework. And uh, no, I don't really have a commute. But so if I'm driving, I'll listen to them. I, I do. I'm in the car an hour every day. You and... commuting? 
Well, I take my son to school. Okay. He's, he's half hour. And it's away. an hour to get, get half hour there, half hour back because I work from home. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. So so it's it's uh it. I, you when know, can he drive himself? Uh, well, he's thirteen, so oh, he'll be fourteen next year. I mean, like in the okay. early part. So not, soon, not too soon. long. No, 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 no. He's he's you know. Make him ride his bike. Get him uh, his bike. <laughs> no. What? That's, that's not going to happen. What do you mean? Get him an e-bike. Okay. You can just blaze to school. Let me I'm just serious. let me let me no, no I'm just like you're, let me let me just Jumbo lay this has on. Has no you. sense of geography, so the, yeah, I was just saying. Don't, don't I was just saying. Just like so, yeah, yeah, yeah. This ain't this ain't San Fran. I, I get well, it. I get it. Um, Jumbo I mean, grew and you up do, in a well, landlocked city. He doesn't has no idea what geography is. So wait, what are you saying? Is it are you are you saying, saying that it's too far of a distance? I'm saying this is not 1984, and I'm not riding my bike 13 miles to a country club to caddy. Every Sunday. No, it's e- an e-bike. No, I, and you said e-bike, right? So this has yeah. nothing to do with his endurance or pedaling. This has nothing to do with that. This is okay. this is uh, we live in a slightly rural area, so there uh-huh. are no sidewalks. So okay. he's so not the roads. So, the roads are unsafe, is what you're and saying. the roads are terribly unsafe because yeah. all of the major roads to get out of this area are all two lane roads, and they don't have any berm or anything. And actually, gotcha. and actually, not if you swerved, cycling? you're do in a ditch. People cycle around on those. No, we, we actually, that's like one thing that I really, you know, obviously I, I signed up for this, but like, I am disappointed. Um, there's like no way to do any biking in this area. I mean, you, you can, you know, but the risk factor kind of like starts to creep up a little bit. I guess we should probably introduce ourselves. Um, go, why don't you go first? I, I think we landed on a name, right? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Do, do it. Announce the name. This is the semantics department. <laughs> Three friends who have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. What, my what name's Keith, and my name's Dan. Dan. I'm JP. So, quick question, Keith. Uh, you were the original creator of the th- the text thread, calling it the Semantics Department, but that was from like a New Yorker comic, right? I don't know if it was New Yorker, but it, there's a comic, yeah, that was like these two people outside of a um, office door, and it says Semantics Department on it, and the one guy goes. Uh, we're really more of a section or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, which, you know, gets which, to the heart of like what a semantics argument is about. Okay. So last night we were at dinner and of course, uh, you know, my Monique was uh, talking to me about the podcast. She's like, what are you guys going to talk about? I said, well, I've been throwing topics out like crazy, but some of them are a little edgy and we're, you know, the whole point of this is like not to like make people angry, right? Maybe think, maybe things might get triggered, but like, we're not, we're not here to like, you know, draw a line in the sand, make things political, argue about stuff. But I, what, what, there's two types of arguments that take place. One is the argument of facts. And, and those are, those are, those are very short arguments because you can't, you're not entitled to your own facts, right? So facts are facts. Once you, once you find out and realize that your facts or, or the ambition you have to argue your facts are weak, you jump right to semantics because that's the weakest form of arguing and it, it can be interpretive and it can just go on forever. I feel like that's been like the epitome of everything that we've been talking about for three years. It's just like nonstop semantics. So I, I think the names are very fitting. We argue about semantics a lot. Right. Yeah. I mean, because just, 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 just to clarify, like semantics is about like the meaning of words. Sure. Okay. And, well, right. And and so it's like, so you're doing it to me right now. You're literally... <laughs> Well, I just want to be clear, if we're going to call it something, like, we should be uh, clear what we're saying, you know. Yeah, but we don't always, we don't. The crux of our differences is uh, we're saying the same thing and we're saying it in different ways a lot of the time. 
Yeah, right. Okay. Right, right. So that, like I said, I, I think the name is really fitting. Like, take for instance, we always talk about climate change. We all agree. I was telling Keith on Friday, we all absolutely agree with everything we are all saying. But somehow it comes up. It's a triggering conversation. We kind of go back and forth about it all the time. And it's it's a big discussion. So. It can be. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, when you I, say, I mean, if you want to get into it, we can get into it. But when you say, like, we argue about climate change, like, and we all agree, like, that's not at all what we ever argue about. That That's correct. Right. But, but it's, it's the, so the topic is climate change. And then what we argue about are like different variants of the impact of climate change on how it has on culture or the motivation behind denying climate change and why people do it and all of that stuff. And then a lot of times or just it, solutions, like yes. what, what are viable solutions and that kind of thing. Right. Um, and you're, and you're very, you're very passionate about it, which I love. I mean, you, you have exposed me to a tremendous amount of knowledge. I've always, you know, try to take a look at like, you know, carbon footprint and all that kind of stuff. We, we make decisions at the grocery store, all of that stuff. And, and you have been coming with lots and lots of key points, data, like intelligent posts and so on. And I love it. I love every part of it. But somehow yeah. we always get trapped in a conversation where things will be brought up. And I'll say, we have to fix politics first because politics is ruining, like, our, yeah. our moving towards climate change. But again, this this probably fits that heavy I think topic. kind of a reasonable point, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is it is a political... Uh, Literally, every single time I, I, I troll you because I'll, I'll send a link about some crazy nut job. And then well, you'll be back like... Let's up a second here. Before we get too far into this, that is one of the biggest reasons we ever have an argument is because you bait us. <laughs> it's because I'm the only one that keeps saying. try to provoke arguments. Like, mm. of course we're going to argue well, We're going to argue if you're going to, like, try to say things that are going to, like, get somebody to get going. What did you know? say about friendship on Friday, Keith? What, 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 I don't what know. Did you... I probably didn't say anything about friendship. Well, we were talking about friendships, and you said... People that work hard at maintaining friendships is how people stay in friendships. And you gave me some examples. And I, I, said, I, I said, yeah. I, I said that, like, if you want to maintain a friendship as an adult, you have to stay in touch. Correct. Right. In other words, it, it, it's, it's no longer the thing where we were in our 20s and we would basically go to the bar every other night with, like, a dozen of our friends, which is my memory of what it was like when we first met. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. basically, we were constantly going to somebody's birthday party or whatever at some bar, and that was like every week. You know yeah. what I mean? But now we're adults, and we have like all other things going on, and we don't live in the same city and stuff like that. So, like, the only way to maintain a friendship is to communicate. Yes. So, with that, my argument was. I'm the only one that keeps this thread alive. I've I've gone dormant for weeks and there's been nothing. So I don't think that's true. That's it's very true. And the only way that I can get you guys to talk, especially John Paul, because John Paul, you're terrible at following up. 
Like you'll 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 <laughs> and, go dark for weeks. I don't even know if you're. I mean, I'm sure you're probably seeing it. You're probably muting it. I know both no, of you have it on. Well, I muted it a long time ago. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So like, like I have to really to bait hard to get. Yeah, you, you to cannot. You, you know, there's no way to 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 be like constantly getting notifications on this this group thread because why, why not? A lot of content in there, but you know, I so I muted it. But like I, I have been very like extraordinarily busy this last quarter where like every waking moment has been going to like work which is not not something i love but it's been the situation so that's part of it i haven't really been as uh able to bs on on a chat thread as as much as i i often am yeah no for sure and i we also have to kind of of acknowledge that like you can't just be texting all the time like well, some you guys, you guys will start these arguments like you know, like it's seven o'clock and I'm like eating dinner or like watching a movie or something, and it's just like I'm not gonna sit there and just chat with you guys. Like, I have a life outside speaking of, of like, you know, of, like outside of, movies, of my phone. Speaking, speaking of movies, Merck, why why do you refuse to watch Fury Road? Is it that, just to make me angry at this point? That's none of your business. <laughs> None of your business. <laughs> no, seriously. Like I kept I, talking. I, no, I'm I, 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 sorry. Same answer. It's none you, of your business. I, okay, <laughs> that's it then. Like, cause you know, like I, I was like, I refuse the question. You must watch this, and then, then instead, you were like, I watched Whiplash the other day. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I was like, what the, fuck? the hell's wrong with you? Do you, I mean, do you know what I watched last night? Do you know what I watched last night? What's that? What I watched May December. Oh, I, uh, you said something about how good it was or something. I didn't say anything. I, I Actually, I don't even want to tell anybody. Well, I just did. You said it was good. Don't even say that. You said, you said, wait, you said May, on December on Netflix is good. I have a memory. Oh, geez. I did say that. You know what? That's see, So that's PUI. Sorry about that. So is it just that you don't have a HBO Max account or something? Or? No, I've, I've got it all. Okay. Well, the watch um, Fury Road. Wow. Did I say that? Mark, the thing is, you're going to love Fury Road. It's way up your alley, I think. And if Keith and I agree on something like this, if we, if Keith and I agree on a movie, it's usually going to be good. <clears throat> okay. True. So, so there's a. I'm going to get this like 80 percent correct. There's a there's a, a TikTok that's floating around with this guy who gets asked what is TikTok, for, which you're not on. I, no, I know. I, I I consume it through Twitter, but somebody somebody posted. I'm going to find I, your secret TikTok account one day, Dan. You're gonna you're gonna what? I'm gonna find your secret TikTok. It's, it's not a mystery. It's not a mystery. I don't follow. I, I follow I, six people. No, I my my, my guess is that you have a secret TikTok account. It's it's um it's my uh, World of Warcraft character name. Like that's how you find me anywhere. I saw this TikTok where this guy gets asked what his top favorite four movies of all time are, and and he gets he gets frazzled. He starts like I, I think it's a, I think it's shtick. I think I think he's a comedian. I think this is it. But he's like he's I mean, kind of most of TikTok. No, no, I know. Well, it, it, like I said, I, most I, of I that think, stuff is staged. So. Yeah, but but so it's but it's like heavily acted, and it's and it's yeah. brilliant. I mean, it, it speaks to like the esoteric guy. Like he names four movies. I mean, I'm not the quintessential not movie four. guy, but well, but he, well, no, that, that was a question. It's like, what are your four favorite movies of all time? And he's like, why can't I have 650? And they're like, no, four. Narrow it down to four. And he's like, really? And he he actually he he dry heaves. 
And you could see him. He's getting frazzled and he's shaking. He says, these four movies, I've never heard of them before. And the way he describes the movies and why he chose them is just absolute perfection. I bring this up because, John Paul, could you please repeat to me what you have said about Fury Road? Okay, well, I've said it many times to many people, but (laughs) my assertion is that Fury Road is the best movie of the last 20 years. (laughs) And I, so I usually, I used to say it was the best, best movie of the last 10 years. And then like another five years have gone by, I think. I forget exactly when it was made. And like, I was completely vindicated by this assertion. Like several, several outlets picked it as like the number one movie of the decade, including the AV club. So I feel, I feel very vindicated about this and also just, just generally correct. But like most, you know, most movies are very unimaginative. Like the, the sort of, there's, there's kind of two classes of movies these days. There's there's sort of like the Netflix produced stuff where it's made for streaming. Yeah. And then there's like the theater stuff where it's like Marvel and Disney, which I haven't seen a Marvel movie in some time at this point, but they got very boring very quickly. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, Fury Road, like the director and the creator is just one of these like visionaries who has revisited this this thing he came up with back in like the seventies multiple times and has just completely not lost his, his ability to make it like fresh and like completely unique, even though like he kicked off this entire genre, like the, the sort of post-apocalyptic post-apocalypse thing is like an aesthetic that uh, Miller created. And when he came back and revisited it with this latest one, Mad Max Fury Road, like, it, it still was just the most like it, it took his whole property, like the whole concept to a level that it had never reached before. Unlike, you know, other directors like Ridley Scott, who I love, who when he revisited things like Alien, the Alien franchise with like, um, what was that Alien Covenant or uh, what was the one? Prometheus. Prometheus. You know, it was like it, he brought in all this brought along all this baggage with it. And it just was just weighed down by it. And like it wasn't as, nearly as good as like some of the originals. And uh, Miller has this ability to like completely discard all the baggage and just not worry about it and just make like the most bombastic <laughs> cinema experience you've ever witnessed. Yeah. Um, well, he's working outside of the system too. Like that's kind of like bit. one of the biggest reasons is like if you, if you see like a movie that's like sort of a singular vision, it's because somebody's moving. They're like working outside of the normal like movie. Yeah. Well, I think that's true. I don't know. He's making these like in Australia or something like sort of What's like that? outside the Hollywood system. A little bit. I mean, he's also a very Hollywood jobber director. So, like, mo- yeah. if you look at his filmography, it's full of like he made like, Babe. My reference point is that he directed Babe, Pig in the City, right? <laughs> and like, you know, just like a bunch of stuff that I would never bother to watch. And then every every decade or whatever, they let they like let him make a Mad Max movie, and and it's like it it always just exceeds expectations, basically. You know, the ones from the '80s are kind of like staples of like '80s television. I, uh, Merck, I assume you've seen like Beyond Thunderdome. Yeah, with, you know, which is still like, I mean, he, that was like, it's kind of like a, it was a Sunday afternoon, one of those like movies that you that would just like come on TV. You yep. know, I don't know. That's exactly how I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I never would have gone to the theater to see that. And those are often kind of like, not great. But even that movie, it just it just has certain things that just never, never leave the zeitgeist once entered. That, you know? that That's why I never went forward with anything post 
Thunderdome because I was like, oh, well, this is it's there's over. nothing well, there's Thunderdome until, until Thunderdome until, until Fury Road. Road. I know, and when I saw Fury Road, I was like, oh, why would I want to reboot what I saw years ago that I thought was terrible? Look, just trust because me. everybody was terrible. talking about it. Like it was huge. Like everybody was talking about it. Like John Paul's right that it's he's been basically vindicated. Like it's like the best movie of the last 20, 25 years on like tons of lists. Okay. There's like a 97% Rotten Tomatoes. See, th- this this is exactly my point. This is this is where like I'm playing the dumb guy. I just listened to you guys have an intelligent conversation about this movie. And I got to be honest, when you said watch Fury Road, it's the best movie of the last 20 years is the first time I've heard of that movie. <laughs> I never knew about it. I never saw what? it anywhere. I saw no advertisements for it. I don't even know what it was. You had to explain Whoa. it to me that it was part of like the Mad Max. Because that's what I'm saying. Like, I, yeah, like well, I am not I am not the culture guy here. Right. I kind of know what you mean. Like, I don't since we're not watching like TV in the way that we used to in like even the nineties or whatever, like we're not exposed to advertising and I don't see movie trailers. So I never really know what's happening with movies like films. I I, I also, my algorithm is clean and void of that stuff. I don't Uh, see it. I go to, I go to IO nine and AV club every day. So like I see like everything that's coming out. Yeah. So Keith, you're more like tuned into it and and that makes sense. And, And honestly, I don't, I don't like, I don't, I'm not surprised that you had never heard of it like that. I don't, that's not like surprising to me just, given what my recollection was that it was a big deal. And a lot of people were talking about it because it was so, it was surprising that it was as good as it was. Yeah. It it came out and everybody like, that was the reason I went to go see it. Cause I, I don't, I like, I think I told you, Dan, like I can't even tell you if I've seen a full Mad Max movie before Fury Road. I don't know if I've ever actually watched any of the Mad Max movies before this. And I went to see Fury Road because a lot of like the sort of like media critics and like just sort of uh, industry people were talking about how good it was and that it had this sort of like really for the time for 2015, like this really interesting, like kind of feminist message to it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, well, I kind of want to go see this. And I looked in the um, listings and the only places that it was playing was like small theaters like i saw yeah. it at the theaters basically mm-hmm. and I, it was mind-blowing for sure but i only went to see it because like a lot of people were talking about it in this sort of like holy crap this is actually really good you know it's yeah, not it's just somewhat... like a mad max like popcorn sort of thing you know i mean it is very popcorn it, it it's very over the top it, you know but it exceeds expectations that were set by yeah the previous Mad Max movies, which were very like of their time. They, you know, the thing is his, those films have always made crazy impact on the zeitgeist. Like, like the ideas in the road warrior and the original Mad Max, even like, and Thunderdome are still referenced all the time. And like, you know, it's, it's like blade. It's like a blade runner where the aesthetic of his, his vision and his aesthetic, it created what people refer to as a genre, like an entire genre, you know, sure. post-apocalypse or whatever. Like he made that up whole cloth basically. And like, um, that sort of version of it that is his, which is like sort of this, this it, it's, it's sort of cars and, and vehicles are always kind of like a little like part of it and like repurposing and sort of like taking these, like these, these old vehicles and like kind of, um, hacking them together to survive the wasteland and stuff like that is, is just this like art experience. And like the idea of art cars and everything is like, is very much 
invented by this this thing that he's evolved. And but but, but that was those but, films those films were very like camp and like when you look back at them they're extremely of their time and so the expectations were set by that even though they were influential. But and then this the you know when Fury Mad Max Fury Road came out it it very much exceeded those. Um, while leaving behind all the baggage that you, you might have brought with the, you about them and stuff like that. Um, I, I, I still think you can hold a candle to them, though. So so I saw um, The Road Warrior, which I thought was the first film. I didn't realize that there was, you know... Yeah, the, the one before that is very indie, and it's like yeah. he made it on a low budget in Australia, and it was like the... Um, what's the the actor from that? From that stuff, um, we we don't Mel need Gibson. to go there. Yeah, Mel Gibson. Gibson. Yeah. So it was like it was like the introduction of Mel Gibson to the American audience was was yeah. uh, to any audience probably was like the first one, and the first right. one's hard to watch. It's like real it drags yeah. and it, it's not great. Well, it, it but yeah, it, Road it, Warrior it does, like but a, it's an art. Like I I watched that because I saw the Road Warrior in the movie theater. Like I don't know if it was like the year that it came out or it was a few years later, but like my my mom had this this guy friend, and he took me to go see it. It was clearly too young to see a movie like that. I watched it again, maybe fifteen years ago, twenty years ago, and around Matthew, the time you should have been watching Fury. Should have been watching Fury Road, and that's maybe, maybe, maybe I did know about it, and I just didn't pay attention. But I watched it, and I still think it's relevant. I like to your point; it's like art cars, right? Like, I I think there's some really interesting parts of it, and it doesn't. I mean, it it does feel dated, but again, it's timeless. I mean, if you're watching a movie and 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 taking a look at like the experience and special effects and editing and all of that stuff, yeah, you're going to say this is a completely dated film. But as you watch it with the you know with with the lens on that you're watching this thing and it's like interpretive dance, like it's okay. I think I think it's okay that it's old. So, uh, you know this this is just going to be a topic segment until you watch the new one and and you know we're, we're gonna have a regular it's segment be really boring. like dan's fury road update <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but i feel like there's a lot of that stuff there's there's a lot of stuff that you'll throw my way and you'll be like why are you watching this you should be watching this instead and and well, they're always good recommendations Don't but that's a lot of times that's just preference though you know like yeah you, but i think there's some I, bangers I think, that are out there yeah but yes, i sure. i think you play the sort of like um yeah the the sort of like I'm the dumb one card way too much because like a lot of it is just preference. Like it's not, I don't think that like what I'm watching or whatever is more intelligent than some show you're really into or something like that. I just preference, you know? No, I I think, I think I play the dumb card because when you two talk about movies, just the way that John Paul rolled out why he felt this movie was, you know, I think you even used the phrase zeitgeist. Like, like I, my head doesn't go there. Like my head goes to things like, what was the director thinking in this shot? Or you know, when they're when they're building a set, like I'm looking for flaws in the set. Like I, I piece apart that stuff from a very different lens. Like I like I'll give you for instance, I watched May December, and there's a scene in this where, um, and again, I always am terrible with actresses, but um, she's sitting in this this uh, this class and she's talking to students in college that are taking an acting class, and so there's like this immaturity and they're all giggling. And then she's like, do you have a question? And the kid goes, what's it like doing a sex scene? And then everybody starts laughing. So I, I immediately looked to Monique and I said, she's going to have sex in this movie. You watch. And sure enough, like the unthinkable happens. She ends up having sex with somebody in this movie. And again, I'm not going to go into the details because you guys will never watch this movie, but it, it, it's like a total setup. 
right? And and like so, there's things like that. Like when I'm watching movies, I'm like I'm looking for clues. I'm looking for like the red herring. I'm looking for things that like are part of that. This is because that's where my my head goes. And I also look at like art direction. I look at that stuff. So I get distracted of movies because I'm looking at all the technical stuff. And I you know I'm not a cinematographer well, at all, but it just it well, just I took a ton of film appreciation classes yeah, in college. And that's, I, I think that's, that's why. a fine way to. Look that's at why movies. you should see Fury Road. I, I was just gonna say that. <laughs> like. Like that's, that's a fine business. way to watch movies, and if that's if that's kind of something you're interested in, then you, you that's all the more reason. Because like it also kind of, I'm not going to say that it doesn't have CG in it, but um, it, it is a very different experience to like what the sort of big action movies are these days. Uh, in terms of like, I mean, we already kind of talked about it. Like all these vehicles and stuff that they build, like they actually build them and then do like practical like stunts with them and stuff like that yeah. and it's, like there's it's, like real explosions and it's at a level that like you have never seen before if okay. until you've seen it like um i mean you know it just looks I, like I, the I, thing just looks like a blast to make i, I might be that's like something my brother said the other day he's like he's like that movie just looks like a great friggin time to make it like the people making it are having a blast unlike any other like you know star wars or whatever everyone's just walking around these green rooms with like green blocks everywhere just kind yeah. of trying to pretend that like the world is full of something you know yeah. right 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 you know you can tell that mad max is not that way you know at all on any level like it's just it's just completely i don't know you, you have to watch it i watched it i rewatched it like after kind of complaining to you that you hadn't watched it and i was just like reminded <laughs> about how amazing it is and the other reason I also i also rewatched it and yeah, okay. I have to say say that like I was less impressed with it today than I was like yeah you, you know you might be less impressed ago. with kind of it's like you were referencing the the feminist message that it had and stuff maybe maybe that's less interesting no I I still think that part of it is really interesting I I think yeah I still think that part is really interesting but overall i was a little less impressed with it oh man i was i was just more more reminded of every every frame of it is just being incredible and the, the thing uh, the that other... bugged me the most about it is i feel like it's really cheesy well we we can't get into this kind of discussion about it because merc hasn't seen it yet holy so shit. like like holy shit are you, is your blood boiling right now jump <laughs> well <laughs> you just said it was love cheesy. Cheesy shit. oh my god i, I, I love like i like a bit of camp yeah. Best movie in the twenty years, and you're you're well, putting labels like cheesy and camp on it. I mean, I, I wouldn't call it cheesy, um, but we'd have to get into specifics to really discuss this, which is why we we can't until you've seen it. But I was, <laughs> was going to say the the other reason that this is in the zeitgeist right now, or the, our conversation, is that there's a new one coming out. Well, yeah, that's I mean that's why this became relevant, and 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 the part that I did not pick up on was the part that Keith was was signaling in our in our text thread, which was about that topic. So yeah, I had never been exposed to that. I didn't I didn't think of it until Keith brought it up and then I started thinking like Wait, what topic do you what are you referring oh, to? Oh you said there's there's um I mean you know you said feminism, right? Like I think oh, you, I oh, think yeah, yeah. I think you said there's I'm gonna get it wrong of course. You said something that like there's tones of like the subject matters about feminism or you said there's a feminist message that feminist message sorry. unexpected from these movies you but know? yeah that's yeah. what i'm saying it's not it's not movie it's movies plural so i started digging deep and i'm like maybe i need to rewatch. well you know, i can't, don't, don't re-watch I, can't speak to any, I can't speak to any that's right you never saw you saw you saw <laughs> tina turner and that's it 
right? I can't speak to any other Mad Max movie's message or whatever, but like, I remember when Fury Road came out that a lot of people were talking about this sort of like surprising bent to it that they weren't expecting. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if Road, Road Warrior holds up to be honest. Well, there's a, there's there's a female in there. There's a girl. There's a young little kid, right? Uh, there's there's sure. a there's a young there's girl that he's in that movie. Yes. Yeah, so no, but I mean, there's a young girl that he's protecting. Like like there's something in there, and she becomes like this badass. That that's my Maybe. again. I, I, it's I been a while. That's been a while. But yeah, like that's not that's not what Fury Road has in it. But. Oh, okay, okay. No, it's it's it's. You know, it, it 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 subverts your expectations a little if you have them around what these movies are. But anyway, there's there's a new one coming out. Very excited about it. I missed Fury Road in the theaters, so it wasn't until like later that I found out about it. Jeez, um, you never yeah. saw it in the theater? I know. I'm, it's it's kind of holy crap. I'm very depressed about this. Like, buy a big TV. I do have <laughs> or watch it on movie. Oculus. Don't don't you That's have one of those? Great idea, dude. I mean, I, no, I'm serious. Can, you, you can do that, right? Like yes. you can watch movies. On, oh yeah, yeah. You can. It's like yeah. a giant screen floating in front of you. Like it feels like you're in a big theater. That's a good idea. I wouldn't I be surprised do. if it if it doesn't come back to the theater. Like, that would be interesting. I mean, if it does, I'm Furiosa. Gonna, yeah, and Furiosa, I will definitely see in the theaters. Like that, I make that'll be a priority. Um, so anyway, I we've probably yeah we beat this topic up. This for too long, but it you know like I said it it, it, it you know we're gonna do a similar length segment every week until you watch it. <laughs> Keith, then, Keith, what do you got? What do I got? Yeah. Oh wait, I have something. Okay. Oh, I, it's I was so... <laughs> that was quick. Keith, well, wait, Keith, if you have something, then you should you should go. I go go for it. Okay, so I figured Keith wouldn't have anything. <laughs> Although Keith, Keith does have a topic, like sort of a serious topic. Yes, I could see the steam coming off of his head. <laughs> I just have a short one before we want to get into Keith's. Like, so okay. I was. I was thinking the other day, and this is like kind of a semantics thing. Right. Um, I was just I was thinking to myself that it's weird that we used to have a thing that we called like sweatpants and sweatshirts, like oh, our generation. Oh, my God. I think they call them like hoodies these days. Are, are you are you pulling a Seinfeld on me? <laughs> a little What's bit. What's the deal? Wait, where are you <laughs> going with this? I, well, so I was thinking to myself like that it's weird that they were called sweatpants because I don't think they call them that anymore, right? They call them joggers or something these days. Joggers, uh, yeah, workout pants, hoodies, hoodies, and joggers. I mean, like, what do you mean by yeah. they? Because like, like the kids, the people. I would call something all the a people sweatpants still. You I know? just think it's not it's not used as much. Like I, a, a sweatpant is a particular style of clothing. Sure. Yeah. So because right. a jogger Maybe is not a sweatpant. Okay. Mm, well, okay. anyway, so so I was I was trying to think of like is it's weird that that they were called this or maybe still are. And is the idea that you sweat in them? Yes. I was like, How that? yeah. And then they're I only thinking, used for athletics. So, so are they are they supposed to make you sweat? Is that the idea? No, no, you sweat in them. Sweat. It's just that, like, because they were like sort of thicker cotton or whatever, they would like absorb wet. Okay, sweat. so so yeah. and we didn't understand like, clothing I was back like, then. I was just kind yeah, of thinking, so like now they're made out of different materials, which basically wick away the sweat. Yeah, and think so now they don't they don't call them a sweat. I don't they don't call something that wicks away sweat a well, sweatpant. So I was I was I was going through this this process and I was like, well, what I was like, what's the definition of a sweatshirt, right? And I, I thought to myself, it's a sweater made out of cotton instead of wool. Oh, you went sweater as opposed to sweating. Well, no, I was just, I was just like, what, what? How would you define a sweatshirt without a hood, even like just a classic sweatshirt? Like, I, and the, what I came up with was a a sweater that's made out of cotton, not wool, right? Possibly, yeah, wool. yeah. I mean, and then the, I was the, like, wait a second, why I do mean, they call them sweaters? 
Okay. <laughs> do you have an answer for this? No, I, no. This is. I mean, I think this is this is fodder for why a semantics did they call discussion. A sweater, a sweater. It's got still has the word sweat in it. Like, is that is it really? Did it originate as probably it? You put on a wool piece of clothing and you started to sweat, and they probably call it a. I'm going to put on my sweater, just like I told you before. You are now wearing cheaters. <laughs> okay. Also, why would you want to put something on that is called sweat? Exactly. That has the word sweat in it. Well, exactly. I mean, all right, all right, okay, hold on. It, 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 it's like, Here's you know, Keith's topic. Like, Keith's topic, I'm, I'm going to say it right it's now. It's like, I'm going to put on my piss pants. Keith's topic is people debate shit that solves it immediately with Google. Well, I was well, going to say, obviously I didn't Obviously, there's an answer for this that we could just I, look up. And so I, I could just, I mean, like, you know. I did just Google it, okay? And, and <laughs> I, hadn't, I hadn't before, but I did now. And, okay. and it does say... It comes from sweat. The earliest sweaters were worn by rowers and were intended to produce sweating and reduce weight, which was my theory about sweatshirts and sweatpants was like they That's had this idea. Hold on a second. That, that makes you, no sense. You wanted to sweat to reduce weight. What's that? That makes no sense. Why? Well, you because if I'm – you yeah, I lose water weight, but, yeah. my, but my sweater absorbs it. The weight is well, evenly dispersed. Yes, but it's out of your body. So then you take – No, sweater it's, not, it's not weight. It's weight. It's like body weight. People are trying to sweat out body weight. Right. And the moisture gets wicked into the garment. That was the bad okay. part about sweaters is that it absorbs yeah. it. So if I like, – like you guys know that if like you sweat and you lose a pound of water weight, that pound of water is in the sweater. Like it's yeah, still the same weight. Yeah. Okay. But, 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 Great. But, it's, you, you but no, what I'm, no, I'm saying but, – but the answer was rowers wore them to reduce weight. Yeah. They're not. The so weight's still in the weight. boat. Well, but they're still no, no, in the boat. No, well, you're, no, you're assuming that weight. you're assuming the, that they're trying weight. to not the not the boat's weight. The, it was a weight loss thing, weight loss technique, and like yeah, but you guys have you guys have ever like put weights in your backpack to go like hiking? No, you're making a mental leap here that that is not part of the story. You're you're like you're assuming that they were trying to make the boat lighter. You well, you said they're trying to reduce weight. I'm just thinking, like, is it a boat? Yeah, thing? reduce their like their weight. It's a weight loss thing, not a rowing performance thing. So you're saying they they wore them when they trained and when they competed, yeah, maybe, they were there. Yeah. Okay, all right, yeah, fair, fair. That makes sense. So I mean, it's interesting though that like because I that's why I always thought like sweatshirts and sweatpants were for was like a weight loss thing, so that you would sweat out a bunch of water weight. And it seems like even and then the fashion world just said like, no, those are comfortable to wear. We should just wear them. And then it turns out the etymology of sweater, like, also comes from the same thing. Like, this has been like a thing in in you know society for a long time, I guess. Um, they also call them jumpers in Britain. Anyway, I, I was just uh, <laughs> thinking That's about that. So that was that was one of my topics. I have another one, but Keith, do you want to go with yours first? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So here, here's here's another one. I, I, have. I, I have two. I have two. So we have I performance have anxiety issue here. So okay. I have two. Well, <laughs> one of them is probably like funnier um, okay. and entertaining. So I was thinking about this the other day, and this is semi-related to my like, um, why don't you just Google that instead of asking me thing? Mm-hmm. And it's like, is the internet making people dumber? Like in general? <laughs> like, yes. This is sort of like an old man soapbox thing, but like when I'm on Reddit, like the amount of threads I see where people go, where people like ask a question that instead of typing it into Reddit and waiting for somebody to answer their question, they could have just typed it into Google and got the answer. 
Like, it's not like they're trying to start a conversation. They're just trying to get an answer to a question. And I'm like, do you have an you example? Yeah, I was going to say, you, you need to provide without, an example. Without having to wait for somebody to respond to you. Because like, I can debate this topic all day because I do this to you and, all the time. And the, the, thing I'm, the thing that I came to was that, like, for a lot of people, their go-to is basically social media. I'm, I don't yeah. use the internet for anything other than social media. Like the internet is where I go to talk to people. It's like not where I go to like get information or whatever. Whereas like- Yeah, I mean, I think there are stories about- That like, makes no sense because the internet is like the biggest re repository of information you could possibly have. Right. So if like you needed to learn something, you could get it. You could get videos on it. Like, you know what I mean? Example, you don't need to like have somebody tell you. Yeah, yeah. Without examples, one thing I would say is that that there's a trust issue and I'm not saying it's well-placed, but Google these days is kind of garbage. Cause like the first, the, the whole results is like filled with like either, it's either like trash SEO yes, or mm -hmm. ads or both. And it's actually, Google's actually become not a great place for certain types of questions. And a lot of people do this thing where they they Google it and then they just add Reddit to the end of the Google. Cause they, yeah, they that's what I do. It's gonna have an actual, valid discussion because reddit hasn't figured out how to like make money yet <laughs> and so like we <laughs> still actually have real conversations on reddit so like like um so that i i think there's a trust thing where like no one trusts google anymore and i certainly don't especially for like certain types of questions i'd be interested in what your example here is because you know uh, obviously i still use google for yeah I, I, should, I, I, should I remember know, your I example examples but like i'm always like why did this person not just you know look it up and, well, and i think i have an answer for a lot of stories that that like the new generations use like TikTok as like where they find information mm -hmm. you know because they they somehow have some trust with their their like influencers you know which to me is like the opposite of no that's of, like total late stage trust. capitalism to me it's like yeah exactly <laughs> like you're going to people who's like um livelihood is just generating clicks it's their yeah. livelihood is not like generating information it's just like generating engagement like yeah uh no i i remember keith's example so i i'm gonna say it because i i do this all the time like to john paul's point like i go to google and i type in the thing that i'm well, trying to look for a, i did put an example of this in right yeah, yeah you did you did you so i i was like well wait that that's totally fair that people go to reddit to ask questions like there's nothing wrong with that because their interest their communities of interests of topics and so you go there to have an, a topical conversation oh there's, yeah my i know, you're, I you're, know but you said was. but you said somebody was in a neil young thread where they asked yes. a question about a cd that was going to get released and you're like dude a google search that that is a perfect example well, of why well, that the fails. answer the question was like is this album going to be released on cd and i'm just like why are you asking people like on Facebook right. or whatever? Well, first of all, you're I mean, talking about like, Neil Young and a Neil Young you, thread. If you type it in, like, they're probably um, in their seventies. You're you're having a like conversation a huge, with like a mountain. <laughs> you're 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 clearly having a conversation with somebody in their seventies, and that's what that's people bullshit. in their seventies do. They do. Well, that's I think that's a good chance. <laughs> that's totally I don't I'm know. not saying anything's I mean, wrong with it. I'm saying that there's... You know how to use the internet. There's so an like, age bias to your... computer. Did you mean like they've never heard of a search engine? I mean, like, yeah. Thing is, if you're on Reddit, it's just as easy to type the question into Reddit as into Google. That's what I do. I'm, I'm now... I just forget about Google now. I just go right to Reddit. Well, you're searching Reddit. Is what well, you're I, I'm, I'm searching Reddit to find the topic that I'm trying to learn more about that yeah. 
there there are serious debates on the answer. Like, yeah. for instance, like I've recently gotten into mycology. There are tons of philosophies on how to start a culture. If I go to Google and ask that question, I'm going to get inundated with so many different versions of it and just, well, just answers S- from a- You're going to get SEO trash. 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 It's always trash. But I, what I want to do is I want to talk to people that are subject matter experts that sure. weigh in on it. And then I can go, both of these sound right to me. Which one is going to fit within my well, my, my needs, right? So that that's yeah. a perfect use of asking people on social media that yeah. you would normally then, not have gone to a search engine for. But Keith's exactly right. Like there are people that they ask really dumb questions. Like, let me Google that for you, right? Wasn't that, it was like a website for a while. Yeah, well, I think that still exists. But the 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 um, the thing about Reddit, part of it here is like, it doesn't have influencers. It like, they haven't figured out how to make that a thing on Reddit. So it actually has like higher quality content a lot of the time. The other thing it has like, what I always refer, reference is the downvote, which right. in a in a actual community that cares about, you know, like mycology is a good example where like the people there aren't going to be like, you know, as often getting into political arguments or whatever, you know, the, the, the downvote is going to be useful for people who kind of have non, like the, like the community thinks that they, they have a bad idea or whatever, right. you know. Right, 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 so right, it does, right. it still has the ability to like let the quality stuff float to the top. And there's a few things online that are like this, you know, Stack Overflow. Yeah, that's another is, one. Is another one that like is pretty quality. Um, I mean, it was invented for that, this very subject. Like developers going there asking yeah. serious questions about problems that, yes, they could probably Google it and find out how, the, how to write the syntax. But they're always asking well, questions that are very specific to a problem they're trying to solve, and they get other people to weigh in on it. So that yeah. that, that sort of makes sense. Like a Google search wouldn't make sense there. Right. Your specific problem is not going to be like on Google, except for these days, of course. Most most well, of the it, time when you Google a programming problem, you end up on Stack Overflow. Right. Or um, you just start using AI. Well, and AI, of course, is trained on Stack Overflow. Yeah, right, right, right. Like, right. like for programming stuff, like yeah. quite a bit. And and yeah, that AI for programming is, I've been using it a lot lately. I mean, I was talking about how I've been like super busy with work and, you know, we've been trying to roll out a new product launch and like the the amount of AI I've used to help develop it is completely, completely insane. Like... You know, it's inherently good at programming because programming's a language and this model is all about like wrangling and transforming and predicting language stuff. So it, it understands it as well as any other language. And it's like, uh, it, it also knows everything that Stack Overflow knows. Um, yeah, I, I mean, that's you know. that's a perfect use for, for AI, right? Yeah, it's I mean, the, the internet good. building itself, right? That That's a yeah. perfect use for AI. You know, it, AI, it can't, it can't think about complex. It can't hold no. enough memory that, like, in its prompt to think about super complex systems. But like, but it'll you know, help for, you get to for, that. Yeah, for like small routines and and pieces of of code or like difficult problems with infrastructure. Like it 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 knows a lot, and, it, and its ability to reason things out is is what impresses me the most. So it's it's. Um, we talk about this, or I talk about this a lot, at least on the chat thread, like it's equally terrifying and, you know, just undeniably useful. There's, uh, there's a, there's a guy that is in our, um, is in our community and he's an attorney 
and he's dealing with a case right now where this person is getting sued because their legal staff used AI to write a deposition mm-hmm. and cause an exposure. And so now it caused some damage. Could, ser- serious damage. Yeah. Yeah. So this person got fired because it was wrong information that AI wrote yeah. for it. Sure. He, he, and it wasn't just like him reading his notes. It was like it had gone down this path and was helping him figure things out. And at the same time, like he, you know, he gets fired and yeah. it turns out now that now they're dealing with an AI issue. And so their, 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 their firm is obviously litigating on yeah. the use of AI. I mean, they're, they're, they're kind of talking about this stuff and, and they're saying this is a major problem because the, the most mundane things that we go to AI for are now starting to cause it, it, in certain areas, right? Like development, programming, it seems to be working pretty well, although. Well, it can, it can definitely tell you, you know, it has this confidently incorrect thing where it can be very wrong and has, it, it will give you no sense that it's wrong. Like, right, like right. very wrong. And like that happens in like, for now, the only thing that can deal with that is someone who's experienced kind of on the other side going, that doesn't sound right. Yeah. You know, and like, um, you know, there's no substitute for testing and all the, you know, all the things yeah. you need to do with software development. Yeah, but like, like when you talk about like suing somebody, right, or, or well, putting a court case sounds... together, it's like if AI wrote that thing and it's not right and you didn't check and verify it, right, that, yeah. that, that's you the unit to... test for attorneys. At the it? moment, you have to do that. And like, you know, yeah, like with, you know, it's, I would never ship code that AI wrote that I hadn't tested and like read and understand every right. line of it. Right, right, because you know, that's, so that's like, very technical, right? But so like, it, sounds like, about... it sounds like this attorney, like, took output from AI, didn't proofread it, didn't verify everything it, it said. It, it wasn't even added into a deposition or whatever. The way he described it was, is that the AI got a lot of the facts wrong. Sure. Because, because you know, AI is like out there. He didn't verify. He didn't, he didn't verify. verify. Right, right, right. The, and and now, now he's like in a lot of trouble because sure. now they're talking about plagiarism and it just, it, it's spiraling out of control because I always had this conversation yeah. with them is like, he's an intellectual property lawyer. And I said, you know, what do you deal with now with like, you know, AI like is it is it destroying your your career is it making you miserable and he's like yeah this is this is the worst thing to happen to attorneys because people are leveraging it so hard attorneys are members of a guild i know and and they don't like democratization of their job of course and they they have an inherent desire to protect the profession and that's what the guild does mm-hmm. and to a certain degree guilds are all bullshit and like Attorneys, you know, the thing is you 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 don't need to to be a member of the bar to argue a case in court. Correct. Right? What it requires is like to to succeed at that, you have to know the law and like be a good effective arguer, right? And have the detailed mind and all this kind of stuff and like, you know, experience blah blah blah. But the the guild membership is is not required they've just made it required to protect mm-hmm. to like basically yeah. say that all lawyers are like you know it's kind of like a union in a way mm-hmm. um not that i'm against unions but um so they have an inherent uh, inherent dislike i think built into their incentives and everything to not like any democratization of of their abilities and so any lawyer who talks about ai i think is worth remembering that they have an incentive to not like it for that right. reason well, this, I think this... everyone fears this democratization thing. Like, you know, we went through, we were in design school when the the desktop publishing 
revolution was happening and that was democratizing the craft of design yeah, yeah. and all of the old guard were like very worried about this and spent a lot of time like wringing their hands about whether a computer was a tool and how much people should use it and all this kind of stuff and some of that is similar with this ai thing the difference is this the pace at which it may ha might happen right you know i've said before like if, if we stay at the level of gpt4 for years that'll be fine because gpt4 is just going to make everyone more productive at everything in its current incarnation and that's what it's doing um but if it keeps advancing in those le those leaps that it made at the same pace it can disrupt entire economies you know yeah. like i often think this might be the last software project i work on because like like programming and software development may become so transformed by this like right. the idea that it's that that's a, a skill and a craft and like a, a um vocation like i think a lot of like you can definitely see this world in which once ai starts to gain more agency you just sort of instruct it to like do certain things right and it you don't you you can abstract yourself even further from what quote-unquote programming is and it can kind of handle up for you so like that can happen very fast and there's no guild for software developers right and and so i do worry about like economic shock with the ai thing a lot um i well, think keith, that's like a real keith you you i mean this was like approaching a topic that i think you were interested in talking about so so we we've been having this discussion this this very discussion in our thread mm -hmm. and keith you you had posted a link recently did you want to well go, in, go into that area want or to you want to talk stay about away? it i don't know if this is really like leading on from what we talked about but like as background i guess we we've been talking about like the ethics of ai right right right, right. like um, you know, as, as opposed you know, how it like impacts a lot of people and their livelihood. Right. So we're, we're working on this thing, this AI thing and it's, but we're not really thinking about like what happens to all the people like after, you know, like, um, people, people to how are people going to maintain jobs basically? Yeah. Know? And to, to their credit, people are, I think there are, they are thinking about this more like, you know, in the early days of the internet, and I'm thinking like 90s through 2010s, you know, like there there was almost like total unfettered optimism for like the world changing stuff that it, that that would bring about, right? That among the sort of digital, what well, was yeah. it was about bringing new new uh, like new job types. It was expanding. It was building new industry. Everybody had this this whole this whole thing that the internet is going to solve the bricks yeah. and mortar issue. Well, they and, thought and, it would. So just that's that's creation. This is they the opposite. Just, of, well, this this is this is this is you can use something that doesn't cost much and replace expensive labor. Well, that's I, look that that is at the heart of essentially the capitalist society we're in ever since the industrial revolution is increased efficiency like productivity through increased efficiency is how you achieve growth right so so all industrialization you know starting with maybe henry ford or i don't know maybe before that like the first assembly line or whatever was about achieving efficiency at scale and like um 
creating more productivity through that. And more productivity is like, you know, at some point they came up with this idea of GDP, right? That that essentially has to go up all the time. And, and the way to have that go up is is through like more efficiency and how companies go through more efficiency. So like the digital revolution was always known, I think, to be about like creating that, like like increasing efficiency. You know, if you think about like early, what are some of the early like, you know, successes in, in internet stuff? Maybe PayPal is one of those, right? Where it's like, PayPal made moving money around way more efficient, right? It, software in general is always about having machines do the work that humans otherwise might have to do. Like you no longer need someone like writing down check numbers in a ledger in the bank. You can you can right. move money around digitally, right? right? So that's like a machine doing the work of humans. And that's that was in in the phase of and even though that was going to replace jobs in the in the 90s and and two, early 2000s like that was generally seen as 100% positive, um, especially when the people building it, you know, you would, you would brag about your startup being disruptive and disruption means that you are going to take down an industry and replace it with your digital version. Right. And that was like the jobs were going to be lost or, or transformed through that. But nobody ever took the time to be like, yeah, that's a bad thing. They were just like, they would celebrate it. Right. I'm right. talking about the people building this stuff. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, like, let, let me ask you and this. Like, so, so just to, to finish the point here, it's very different with AI because generally the people building the stuff are also expressing some anxiety about it, which is very new. Yeah. That, that has not happened before. That's like a new thing. Usually, like but, Sam but that's Altman. New, that's new recently, though. That's what I'm saying. It's new I'm in saying, AI. I'm saying 20, 2022 version of GPT was not that, though. Well, that was, so the, that was people saying, we're going to take down an industry. Now, the people that took down the industry yeah. are saying, hey, wait, we opened Pandora's box. What are we going to do? Well, maybe. I don't know that they've taken down industries yet, but, you know, it's it's definitely, you can definitely see that it might. And and the thing is, take down is an interesting word. You know, like transform is maybe a different word for it. Like, But, but you're saying, I, I, I'm going to get my, caught my, in my, I, I don't know if the, the, I don't know if the creator of ChatGPT was like, I'm going to take down journalism. Right. No, I don't, I don't think that like their goal wasn't to take down like a journalism industry or a whatever it, it, yeah, any it, other like the, sort of writing like industry. Right. That wasn't really the goal of it. The goal was to help those individuals with a tool that would well, help them excel. Right. Like that's the goal to a certain degree, celebration. The goal to a certain degree is to realize machine intelligence and understand that that's going to be like a massive benefit for humanity is, is like i think how they see it and you know the thing is i i think and i'm not a historian of this but i think the debate has always been there like you, you guys remember like before gpt was really making headlines this is like maybe a couple of years ago one of the google engineers i think it was google i may have this wrong essentially like made a bunch of headlines by declaring that he believed that google ai was yeah sentient yeah, i remember that string a bell yeah. at all yeah, and like yeah, yeah. he got fired and or quit yes, publicly yes. over like kind he got of squeezed out. Yeah, I forget yeah. what he did. He like he like did something that Google was unhappy about regarding this, or he quit or something. Yeah, but like he he aired some secrets that they didn't like. I think, but like yeah. he was saying like he had convinced himself that it was sentient, and it was before anyone had seen the large language models and what they're capable of. And so everyone in my circle at the time was like kind of making fun of the guy, like what a dork, like because we all knew what <laughs> sort of chatbots were. 
Yeah. And like, we just thought like, oh, this guy was crazy. But I look back on that and I think like, it's a little signal that like people were, especially people who were like maybe in the space researching this stuff and developing it. Like they well, were, people they were also were talking about, about just, yeah, people were also talking about automation at that time. Like we weren't really talking about AI. We were talking about automation. That's like what the whole, like, well, he, his, his that's thing, like the, the, what the whole like Andrew Yang, like UBI thing was all about was like, well, sure. And Andrew Yang was on the forefront of thinking about this as well. Automation was the term for it then because we didn't right. have the, the LLMs yet, but AI was part of that automation idea. And like, right. you know, the, the specific thing that I was referring to, it was about a Google chatbot that they were developing. It was Google mm -hmm. or Facebook. I, I forget who, I forget the details, yeah, but like, yeah. I just remember this guy, like our robot is sentient. Basically it was like what he was saying and, and like ended up leaving the company and like, no one really took that seriously. But like in today's light, now that we've all seen GPT and everything, it seems less crazy for someone to be saying that. Like, I, I don't know that that's, I'm not saying that I think GPT is sentient far from it, but like, like it's less crazy to have someone airing those concerns. And I, what I'm getting at here is that I think amongst the AI researchers and stuff, the, the notions of safety and like uh, being careful with it have always been there. And it's only now that it's it's been thrust and we've all been shown this massively revolutionizing thing. Like it's the biggest revolution in computer technology since the internet, in my opinion. And like, you know, everyone's quite worried about it, including the people building it. Like even Sam Altman, who just recently went through a a, a crazy sort of up sort of drama story in OpenAI, you know, when he was before all that happened, he was going on podcasts and stuff, and and he would engage in conversations about the the dangerous aspects of this and it, and express worry and concern around it, and maybe he was just you know talking, but like no one in the previous generation of startups no one would talk that way. They right, would only right, be 100% right, right. optimistic. And so like, right. it's, tech, it's just a tech different thing. Part of it might be that the world has caught on to the fact that digital stuff can be dangerous, like around like all of our political fallout with Facebook and, and you know, radicalization on social platforms and stuff is that like, oh, this thing that was like sold to us is like this net benefit for humanity has some pretty stark downsides. And so like people are more aware of that in general. So that might be part of what's, what's fueling this. And the thing is like a lot of the net, the downsides about Facebook and stuff are already about AI. When people talk about the algorithms and what it feeds you and stuff like that, that is a form of machine learning behind, you know, running that. So like, like those things are already leveraging AI to the, to some negative impact on, on society, you know, well, that would, that's the, like, that's like what the Cambridge analytical analytical stuff was all about like during the 2016 stuff is like they leveraged machine learning to basically you know push um data on a social media platform yeah right like the the ethnographic research is that is that yeah like to like serve up ads to certain things based yeah. on like all this data that they were like scraping from facebook yeah, well and fundamentally facebook was giving them the tools to do this yeah of course yeah. they opened the door but like yeah like Cambridge analytica basically like i think they leveraged like some machine learning to essentially devise you know models for yeah. ad serving ads you know mm-hmm to influence people and you know advertising is, is yeah. in, like like the influencing right. what 
what model of car you buy or whatever can can those same principles can be applied to influencing who you vote for and what your political beliefs are so i mean yeah we have a lot of negative fallout uh on social media social media is very powerful and like i think people are very aware of its downsides these days and so that might be part of why people talk about the ai thing a little bit differently than they might have when when all the social media stuff was being built yeah. you know when they're, they're they 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 understand that people are anxious about it whether they are themselves or not and uh you know are are willing to like talk about it in those terms and that's not that's not something i just i feel like that's a very new thing that that like tech leaders would be like sort of saying that they're nervous about it also the ones that are building it you know yeah um but it's super interesting to watch that stuff happen i what what like if we went around this group circle here like do you think i'm curious if you guys think it's it's like going to be a net benefit or not i think probably not <laughs> uh -huh. um, my reason for that would basically be that i think it's gonna harm more in the sort of like pathway to the optimum efficiency like to the point where and this is kind of like the other thing i was going to talk about this whole like um whatever test reel like thing mm -hmm. do you know what, what i'm talking about here yeah i liked that that topic we, we should get into it um what I, yeah I, so i i sent this article and like <laughs> Uh, so Tescreel is the Wait, before we get into that though, can yeah. we and just kind of like like to do the net benefit, net net downside poll. Yeah. Okay. But, I would well, say my... probably I would probably say net downside personally. Mark, what do you think? I I, I truly believe, and I, I'm going to hate myself for saying this. If there's if there's if civilization decides to really enforce governance, and I mean like honest governance and not politics, I think it's a total net benefit. Uh -huh. but okay, the, but but the, but the details there are the the governance slash and or politics that'll be surrounding it, and yeah. I mean globally. I don't I don't mean may, yeah. maybe what you think I mean. I, I mean that um, recently I, I read that Europe is now kind of putting a. a a crimp on four is that right gpt4 is like under scrutiny i i, I read I some know. tidbit where they, they passed all the, the, the eu, EU had some, some law yeah yeah uh and i i haven't read the details it, of it, it was like, it was like a, and i'm gonna probably get this wrong so you know the zero listeners that we have can fact check me on this but like i i thought i read that there was a um a, a new ruling that the eu was going to bind to on its use and so to me, that felt like the first step of us yeah. saying, we've got this thing that's super freaking powerful. Let's not turn into a Simon Bar Sinister. Like, let's do something with it to, to be net positive. Yes, you know, people will be out of their jobs. There will be efficiencies. There will be transitioning. I get all that part. But right now, it is it feels very sentient to me. And so yeah. that's hard to control. When you've got a bunch of tech bros, you know, touting that they're going to sell shampoo online better than anybody ever has in a, in a brick and mortar, and, and, and you celebrate that and you realize you're closing stores, you're getting rid of employees, those employees can do something else. This feels like it's out of control. Like they have it, nobody owns it. It's like running, it's running rampant. Everyone's using it. And they're like, okay, you know, cats out of the bag, we need to do something. I think once we figure out how to govern your, this. Your, I think, your take is like, your take is I think like, it's great. I think, I think we can, 
if we can regulate it, it could be a net benefit. My, I mean, my this is this is this is the this is the same thing as the firearm debate, right? The gun gets invented to to help protect people, and now it's the point where it's fucking murdering people, and it's terrible, and it's awful, and our governance sucks with it, and all that stuff. To me, that that's kind of the same thing here: is that it can protect if used appropriately, and only used when it's there to protect. But when it becomes, you know, like gun lust and all this other crap that goes on with how firearms are, are portrayed now. It's wrong. It's totally bad. I think we have to be careful on how we use AI. Yeah. That, that, my, anyways, uh, that, that was my, my take is is that I'm I'm like seesaw on this a lot, and it sort of depends on how where it goes from here. Um, I mean, let's let's keep in mind because I don't think anybody that would ever listen to this would know, but like you know, these are three formally trained visual communication graphic designers, visual artists, you know, by trade. That have all worked in electronic media, music, um, you know, uh, obviously the web space, application design. So, so these are our jobs at stake. Like that, that, that that's why this conversation well, I think is a good an one. Interesting, that's an interesting angle too, because yeah, it's, I, I don't necessarily consider myself like a, a designer anymore. You know, well, neither closer, am I. Closer to a software engineer these days, or maybe yeah. a product owner of or something like well, that. But, yeah, no, but that's what I'm saying. It's like our job, our jobs that we had out of college. Bear no resemblance to what we're doing today. I mean, at look at the 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 threat to like creative work. Like, I wouldn't want to be in in illustration school right now. Correct. Exactly. Uh, you know, but the so my take is like is like I seesaw a lot on whether I think it's going to be a net benefit or net 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 negative. The regulation thing is an interesting one. I don't know if it's possible to regulate it because other countries are not going to bother with that. I think and um, the. So I think my what I usually try to do here is like decide, like pick one, and like I, I if I if it's if we're gonna have it, but you can have both. If we're if we're gonna have this thing like continue to race towards the general intelligence and all that kind of stuff, all I can really say is like in my life, enough never gets done. There's there's never enough time to get a project like built to where I want it to be. You know, what I mean? it's always yeah. missing a bunch. And so if this stuff just lets us get more done, I think that's a net benefit. And I also think we have some some very difficult challenges for society, including climate change that and also diseases and stuff like that, that pandemics that AI may be able to help us solve by going beyond the current limits of human productivity and human intelligence. And so I, I sort of choose to think that like, or maybe it's just hoping. I hope that that we will get more of that. But I, like I said on the start, like I'm also very worried about like economic shocks and whatnot. Um, but in the information space, like we're all information workers. We're not like coal miners uh, or or in, you know uh, blue collar or whatever workers. In the information space, I feel like would you guys agree that like there's always more to do? Yeah. And sure. there's always more to do. How would you lose your job, right? Like, unless the AI gains enough agency that it can truly take all these actions in the world and workers are no longer absolutely not needed anymore. There, there's, there's and a we guy. have the Andrew Yang-like vision. Of no, no, check this out. There's, there's this guy. There's this guy that I follow on Twitter. I'm not going to say his name. And I'm, and I'm coming at him because he, he like shamed me and then like muted the conversation immediately. And... 
he's kind of a pompous ass. But I, I follow him because he is in the industry as one of like the top, like we'll call it UI developers, right? He's he that's all he does is he he blogs and he's got a video podcast where he just deep dives into proper CSS techniques. His job is on the chopping block. Like there's no question that if I would if I were to build an app today, I would not want to write a single line of code. Because I know AI could probably do it far better than I could, and if not, we're not, we're it's not quite there. No, yet. no, but it, I would say good enough. Well, you, you know, I, and when I say AI, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm going to go over to GPT and start typing. I'm saying that in that community, to roll something out, you don't need to keep developing and building that skill set because the skill set is well, pretty, pretty far advanced from automation is per, uh, perceived. Like yeah, I would say, I would that, say that shit's not, out there. Like, we're like not quite we, there just just yet. I know, but like this this guy, the guy, way this guy huh? talks about his craft is yeah, like yeah. you know he is probably one of the best people out there. Like you guys know that like Luke and 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 Brad Frost and and those guys like they have pivoted so hard away from their craft. They're doing different things now. Like they're 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 approaching it completely different than they used to. They used to be like, I'm going to write all this code like Atomic Design, right? It's this whole thing about like we're gonna we're gonna build the best in class code, but at the end of the day, it's like that's kind of archaic now. Like it, you yeah, can find I, something well, automated said, that does exactly what you need it to do. It's accessible. It works. Like you don't I need to have earlier, somebody I do a blog. That I I said earlier that I, I often have the feeling that like I'm maybe working on the last. Software. software project that, right. that I ever will be like, and what I mean is like in, in built in the way that that we've all been building because, right. in, and like my brother, you know, computer scientist, he he or computer computer engineering background, you know, he he um, uh, he's he's sort of said many times like, no one will make another program new programming language like we we've it, for the last uh, couple decades there's been this trend to. Just constantly always be building these like new programming languages. So you have like things like Swift and and Lua uh, and yeah, all yeah, of yeah, just stuff. like these new things coming out where like people have like uh, Python was like kind of one of these, right? Like mm-hmm. and like a lot of the old school developers will always say like, oh, it never got any better than C or whatever. Mm-hmm. But but um, there's always this desire to build the better programming languages that, that I think fundamentally comes from a place of like getting closer to like having humans be able to 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 express language and turning it into machine instructions, right? Mm-hmm. And like, they're always looking for a more efficient language, a more efficient way to do that based on new trends and stuff like that. But now that we have these machines, these large language models that are well, yeah. so but, amazing. But efficient in what? Language, like, 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 like when you like say his, efficient. This sentiment is like, like, what's efficient? No one will bother to build new programming languages. Because, now, yeah, now, because the efficiency yeah. is in, in, in something that like AI can do. That's the efficiency. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, you know, so so I think there's a lot of transformation coming here now. Whether it replaces jobs or not, I think comes down to like if it can get more intelligence and have more agency, which certainly seems like what they're going to want to do. So, you know, it, it is a big, you know, the economic shops of of transforming what people do for a living, and you know, and like how and like that that's gonna that's something I worry about for sure. What, um, Keith, you're you're the writer in the crew. Like, I know you've had this opinion before. Which opinions? The, the the opinion that it's not for good, and how how does it impact something that you're very passionate about? Because I, I well, my argument. Right. Well, I don't really care about the writing thing because okay. ChatGPT writing is horrible. Like, I mean, well, right. It's so pre- it's pretty easy to tell like when something is not personal. Um, but like, my whole thing on this is that most of this AI work that's being done is just like 
basically targeting people that don't make a lot of money in the first place. So yeah, it's great. If we can invent AI that's going to help us fix the climate and, you know, give us all permanent vacations and stuff like that, that's awesome. But like, really what it's doing right now is it's like, destroying media organizations, putting freelance artists out of business. And it's like, that's culture. Like it's eroding our culture one by one. And is that really what we want? Do we want to sacrifice like, you know, personal inventiveness and personal creativity to solve efficiency problems? I, I mean, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't care about efficiency that much. Like I care about improving problems that we're having like societally, but like at the cost of culture, I don't think so. That's the way I would say it, I guess. I, I think that's an interesting uh, angle on it. Do, do you think we can take a break? Yes. Come back. Okay. You've been listening to the semantics department. I'm Dan. And on behalf of John Paul and Keith, We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening.